you want to make your company more profitable and your employees happier, research shows more women in leadership positions are the way to go. Welcome to The Leaders Talk, a podcast series by The Female Factor in collaboration with the Business Network, Senate of Economy in Austria. My name is Maris and I'm the co-founder of The Female Factor, a global career and business platform aiming to close the gender leadership gap for good. We enable more women to get a seat at the table and support inclusive companies to find top-notch talent in Europe. The Leaders Talk will cover honest conversations with female CEOs and board members of different industries, sharing inspiring stories and hands-on advice on how to create an inclusive workplace and equal opportunities in business. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode with Maria Zesch. Maria, welcome. Good to be here. You are the chief commercial officer and board member of a large telecommunications company in Europe and recently made the decision to move to a new position as the CEO of a large online B2B retailer in Germany. You sit on various supervisory boards in the energy and telco sector and have over 10 years experience on the executive level at the um, telecommunications company in, in Austria. So these are the hard facts from your LinkedIn profile, but I'd love to actually hear from you. Who are you and what would you consider your superpower? So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So what are superpowers? But definitely what characterizes me is my curiosity. So I really am I'm very interested in learning new things, you know, also get to know my new company. So from 1st of August on, I'm leading uh, TACT. And as you said, uh, it's a big step for me, uh, you know, from telecommunication towards online retailing, also omnichannel. Um, and I'm still in a learning mode. Uh, but as I said, I'm curious and I'm really willing to learn. And I think that's uh, what makes me um, you know feeling uh, good because you know it's all about learning and that's what also I, I consider a very uh, important uh, skill in people you know that they they really try to get better to learn more to also bring uh, topics together and I think when whenever you have the opportunity to do you know another step in your career not only think about you know up but also think about what could be a sidewards move in order to learn more and to get a broader understanding of, of a company, of an industry. So that's, uh, you know, what I did in the past. And, you know, uh, it, it brought me here as CEO of TACT. Beautiful. You know, there's a saying that goes, um, as a leader, you're always a student and a teacher at the same time. And I think that's a, <clears throat> that's a great trait that you have. Is that what you look for when you recruit your own leadership team? What are, what are the characteristics that you're looking for? For me, a leadership team uh, or a team, it's all about the team. And the team gets better uh, the more uh, diverse it is. So it's not only about gender, it also is, but it's also about um, education, mm. experience, um, you know, it's, it's also about different backgrounds, family backgrounds. Uh, so, uh, and I really like to do um, 
I'm not sure if you're aware of uh, management drives. So it mm -hmm. characterizes uh, persons, you know, and also checks out if a team is a good team, is enough, uh, is diverse enough. So I really like to also understand the, you know, the, the scientific behind the team. And it always helps me to better understand the team uh, better. So also, you know, who, what is the, um, who needs what? And mm. how can we, you know, how can we interact back better? So I really could also recommend, you know, do some scientific be, uh, behind setting up a team. Absolutely. What would you consider your leadership style? Well, you should ask my, my team. Uh, we I can invite them. Yeah, you could. Um, so definitely team-oriented, uh, but also goal-oriented. So I think it's always good to have a clear strategy also set clear targets and goals and make sure that you commu or I communicate that very frequently. So strategy, mm. communication and who is in the team and also who is on the bus, on the bus you know, uh, towards uh, this goal and the objectives. Nice. Have you seen a change in your leadership during um, the pandemic and in the remote work setting? And uh, what does new work in that sense mean to you? For me, it was really a, diff uh, a difficult period uh, because I really love to be with people, talk to people, you know, feel them and also, you know, have, have some sort of, you know, relationship or a personal one. And I think virtual, it's great because you, in some areas you really can save time. But in other areas, as for example, developing a team further, for me, it was difficult. So, and, um, you know, I had the chance to really rethink because of my job change. Uh, so what, what was this last year all about? And I missed, you know, the personal contact. So, and that's mm -hmm. uh, really something uh, I, I like a lot. Uh, nevertheless, I'm a full believer in hybrid work. You call it new work. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, not so important anymore um, that you are physically pres present, mm -hmm. uh, but it's all about output and it's all about, you know, how we work together in this hybrid world. Um, and therefore, uh, I think it needs also new leadership, meaning how can you do what you did in physical presence before like team buildings, you know, nice get-togethers. How can you do that now online? And I think here I'm, I'm really looking also for external support uh, because there it needs new ideas. And there are good companies and also good, you know, um, ideas around uh, from like also I, I'm in a network, in a female network, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's good to exchange from Asia to Germany, you know, what are they doing now in this new uh, in this new setting and it's it's really about listening learning and and implementing it do you see certain advantages and disadvantages especially for women in the workplace when it comes to this hybrid setting as you said um, I would say there is disadvantage and advantage so advantage definitely is there is less physical presence needed and I think that um, goes together very well with um, mothers who need to take care of their kids. So uh, they have now new opportunities. 
Um, the disadvantage, as I said before, is that there, the emotional aspect of teams, you know, and team building is reduced. And I think that's something, as I said before, you need to overcome now with different means and, um, you know, online team buildings and so on. Uh, so I would say there are advantages and disadvantages. Definitely on the networking side and also on building bridges between the departments, also team members, um, I think still there uh, it's male, uh, men do that better than women. Hmm. Uh, so there's more interest in networking and also getting the, uh, the positive side of networking um, in terms of what's in for them. Uh, they can do that better than uh, uh, women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that might be an advantage or disadvantage now in this pen, uh, post-pandemic world. Do you think that has something to do with not wanting to take the time or having enough time to do online networking? Or do you really see a difference in how well men and women approach the topic of networking? Let me give you a personal example. Mm-hmm. I have a nine-year-old daughter, so um, and um, there are very interesting networking opportunities also in my Generation CEO network. Mm-hmm. And mostly this happens from eight to nine in the evening. So And I can then decide, do I bring my uh, daughter to bed or do I do the networking? Mm. So it's a very personal decision. And, and now I more often decide for my daughter than for networking. And I think, um, yeah, maybe, you know, other people, men or women, would decide differently. Mm-hmm. What would your wish be to those who organize those networking events? Because we at the Female Factor, for example, we schedule it usually at 5 p.m., um, would you think it's better to do it in the morning or as a lunch to uh, go away from those evening activities? Uh, no, I think it's it's good to have something in the ev- uh, some some of these meetings in the evening, maybe some in the morning, maybe some for lunchtime. I think it's about also here, you know, having a range mm. of opportunities and not always, you know, at the same time where you, maybe some people can't just make it. Yeah. Not always black and white, that is true. So going back to now the switch that you've made, you know, from being on executive level in the telco sector for so long in Austria, um, now changing to a maybe more traditional B2B online, excuse me, retailer in Germany, um, what inspired you to actually make that decision and why are you now taking over as a CEO? So uh, I have been with Deutsche Telekom for 18 years and I really liked my time uh, with Deutsche Telekom. So I spent time in Croatia as a chief marketing officer and I spent most of the time in Austria, uh, always very close uh, to Austrian consumers or Austrian business customers. And um, now being 48, uh, being 18 years uh, with the company, I thought, you know, what, what is next? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can stay with uh, Deutsche Telekom and I think they are, they are really great opportunities or I do completely uh, um, a different uh, job in a different industry. And, uh, you know, by accident, there came an offer from a headhunter 
uh, and I really I didn't know who Takt is or what the company is all about. And the more I talked with headhunters, the more I talked with uh, the supervisory board members, the more interested I got in this opportunity of becoming CEO of Takt. And now being some weeks and months uh, in discussion with the team there, I really believe it's a big opportunity for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think that I can bring in a completely different perspective, namely from the telecom industry, from the IoT area um, to TACT. And I hope you know it will be a win-win situation for both the company, the team there and myself. For sure, they're lucky to have you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I actually looked at the management board at TACT, at your new company. Uh, so the board of directors um, currently consists of two men and the supervisory board consists of five men and one woman. So what is your opinion on this? What have you planned in the future in terms of diversity and inclusion, especially when it comes to gender diversity? As I mentioned before, I had very good talks with the supervisory board members. Um, And uh, maybe just that you know, 50% um, share of our company, of TACT, uh, is owned by Haniel. Haniel is a German group, a family group. And uh, their claim, their their purpose is Enkelfeig. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, making sure that our granddaughters and grandsons have a nice and good future. It's about the planet, it's about people, it's about progress. And I really like the the thinking behind these topics. And what I see now being in the company, it's not only like, you know, written somewhere, it's really about bringing this purpose to life. And therefore... I also believe that the gender topic is one topic we will drive forward. And for example, now in Intact, um, we hired um, two positions with female talents. Uh, it's not about you know gender. For me, it's always about bringing the right person to the right place. Uh, but I see that there is really a huge opportunity in supporting. Uh, female talents and for example um, one of my uh, directs told me uh, that she's pregnant you know and I said wonderful you know Mm -hmm. what's your plan and uh, how can we help you coming back and I think it's more how you now um, help women in situations where in in a situation where they might have you know um, troubles to think about you know can they make uh, it with a kid with a baby and also with work Um, so maybe it's also easier for a female ceo as i am to help uh, female leaders to think about and also you know structure the coming back then it might be for a male um, ceo um, I've been in the same situation. Uh, so when I was pregnant, I really had difficulties, you know, to think about how can I come back? How do I do that with my little baby and uh, also, you know, having a stressful job? And it was not that easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, when you have ever made this uh, experience, it's so much easier, you know, to give recommendations than if I wouldn't have made it. Is that 
what you would say was your biggest challenge on your career path or was it something else? Um, uh, I would say it was one of the biggest challenges because you're in a situation you have never been before. Yeah, you are now responsible for a person, a baby, uh, and still you think you're the same person, the same professional person as before, but people see you differently. You know, when mm. you're coming back, there's always the discussion, you know, will she come back 100% or will she come back only 80%? How will she do it? And here I see that in Austria, especially, you know, we are still, you know, somehow in a retro thinking. Mm. that um, a mother has to stay with the kid and not that, you know, it's it's normal that also a mother wants to have a professional career. And I think here, you, the female factor, and um, for example, uh, myself, we can do something, you know, to also, uh, you know, have other beliefs and show how it could work differently. Absolutely, which is also beneficial for fathers. I think bringing fathers into the conversation is really important, especially when it comes to um, discussing this in the workplace with everyone so that everyone feels included. And that's often something that we miss in conversations, that we talk about motherhood but not actually fatherhood. And um, unfortunately in Austria still I see that it's not um, a given that a father stays at home for quite some time to take mm. care of children. I think that changes now. So what mm. I see is that the, uh, a lot of the fathers um, um, uh, in, for example, Magenta, you know, took two, three months off mm. already. Uh, and um, also my husband, you know, he, he took two months off. Uh, it's uh, maybe it's not so common, you know, that um, uh, a man stays home for 12 months or so. Here you are right, but it's a start. Uh, and uh, maybe also from uh, from a CEO or a CXO perspective, you know, I always had CEOs who supported female leaders. Hmm. So. Uh, so I was in the happy situation or in the lucky situation that my my CEOs um, from Magenta, so Andreas Bierwert, Georg Bölzl, uh, they really supported me also, you know, as a female, uh, uh, as a woman. And um, I think that's also, you know, because they also have daughters and they see, you know, maybe also what it means, you know, to, to bring uh, talent uh, into, into uh, a company. A female Absolutely. talent. Absolutely. You know, we went to the same business school in Vienna. And um, I believe you're aware that we have a lot of female business graduates, not only in Austria, but Europe-wide. But still, when it comes to the C-level and board level in companies um, in Austria, there is a significant gender leadership gap. So right now, here, for example, only 13% of board members are female. What can we do to progress? Why are things moving so slowly, at least in my opinion? Mm. To be honest, I think female quota helps here. Mm. So what uh, Germany decided, uh, you know, to have um, an obligation to bring women into board position is a fast-track opportunity to change the situation. Um, I was, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, I was not a fan of a quota. Now I am. 
because everything we you know we do we measure are we good in uh, getting up our revenues are we good in achieving our cash flow our ebitda so why not measuring how many uh, women we have in board positions and therefore i think that is a fast track uh, opportunity uh, to bring uh, female or bring women into a cxo position is a quota mm. so you are pro quota i am great <laughs> What influence do you think artificial intelligence will have on the way we will work in the future and especially when it comes to including diversity and inclusion in businesses more strongly, both on a strategic level and really on an operational level? I would bring in two perspectives. What I see now uh, on AI, uh, I see that uh, like not so well-paid jobs um, as in call center, call center agents, you know, um, they will disappear due to AI because most of uh, um, the calls, the most of calls can be answered with AI support. Um, so that means these less, these not so well paid jobs will disappear, and there no, need to be new jobs for these people. And I, I also see that there's a very good development because these are very standardized uh, jobs and I think you know we need to use the, the talent for more complex topics, so one perspective. On the other perspective, what I see is that especially in the technology area, we don't so see so many women. And this starts already with the education. So when I went to Croatia like 10 years ago, it was so normal that uh, a lot of uh, the female leaders in technology in IT, that, that in technology and IT, we saw female leaders. Mm -hmm. In Austria, it's rare. And I think what we need to do is already start to convince little girls, like my daughter, nine, ten years old, uh, uh, you know, about the advantages to get into contact with technology because that means new opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, so what I would do is really like Mädchen in the Technik, girls in, in technology, like initiatives like that to really support it. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm someone who is currently in mid-level management and um, I might not have a technical background in terms of my education, but I would love to become a leader in the technology sector. What would you recommend me to do? How can I really make it to where you are right now? Be open about it, talk about it uh, and uh, have aspirations. So it's, it's really, I think, whenever you know what you want, you will achieve it. So it's about yourself. If you are sure that you can do it, you can persuade other people. Thank you. Now, there is one last question I have. And whoever is listening to this um, podcast episode, hopefully gain some inspiration from your path and from your opinions. But what we actually want to do is not just talk about things, but really take action. So what I love to ask my guests is, 
can you share one thing that you can commit to today that contributes to helping other women rise to the top at their company, even if it's just a small commitment? As I said, I'm a firm believer in the quota mm -hmm. and I will always talk about it as I did it today. So um, I think that's my small commitment I can give you that uh, I will do everything what's in my possibilities, you know, that um, this quota also will be seen as an opportunity to bring more female talent into the C-suite. Thank you, Maria. Thanks. It was very nice to be here. Thank you. <laughs> We hope this conversation inspired you to take action towards equal opportunities in the workplace. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about The Female Factor, or if you like to give feedback to this podcast, head over to our website, femalefactor.global. We're looking forward to hearing from you.